Hello, beautiful humans. My name is Laura, and this is the Authentic Connection Podcast. I am incredibly excited to get today's episode out to you. I speak with Grace Mortimer, a holistic nutritionist with a background in neuroscience. Grace is unbelievably passionate and she is being placed on this earth to help people. She's incredibly gifted when it comes to helping people with their health and with their nutrition. So we dive into a whole lot of topics that interest Grace, such as, and then one that I'm particularly interested as well, so that's why I started with it, is the fact that there's actually really, really simple strategies that people can do to actually take charge of their health. So they're simple, I say they're simple, but they're not necessarily easy, but we dive into those, we chat on ketogenic diets, and specifically, Grace has been helping out with a Alzheimer's study using or exploring the use of a ketogenic diet in people with Alzheimer's. We talk on the blue zones and the lessons we can learn from the communities around the world. So these are humans who live for a very long time with great health. And yeah, what are the lessons that we can learn from these communities? So Grace takes us through that. We talk about Grace's favorite strategies to stay grounded and connected to herself when she might be getting scattered, especially with the fact that she now runs her own business, which has added a whole other dimension to her life. We talk about... Grace's favorite way to connect with the earth, of course, as well as some of the lessons that she's learned from her incredible husband, Connor. And that's a, that's a fun bit for me, and I hope you all get something out of that one too. There's just one last little note I wanted to mention here in the intro, and it's about butter. So me and Grace actually joke about it in the podcast, so I just wanted to clarify it in case people took it the wrong way. But... Butter will not increase your cholesterol. Butter is an incredibly nutrient-dense and healthy food for you to include in your life, if you wish. Of course, there are various issues with the dairy industry. We don't go into that. But anyway, I just wanted to clarify that butter will not increase your cholesterol because it is a common misconception. (laughs) Super, super excited. Grace is an amazing human, and I know that you will love all of the wisdom and knowledge that she is able to share with you today. Without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Grace Mortimer. Hi Grace, thank you so much for speaking with me today. This is one of my very first podcast conversations in real life. They've all been over Zoom pretty much up until now, so it's awesome to be able to speak with you. Yeah, lucky me to be in your presence. (laughs) So the first thing we were going to chat about is you work with clients that do have some quite serious health issues, Mm. Mm. but the strategies that you use to kind of deal with these health issues Mm. can be quite simple. Did Mm. you want to chat through some of those main strategies you use in your holistic Mm. nutrition practice? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's right. I mean, people come to me with all sorts of things, you know, from classic, I need to lose some weight, or I've got constipation, diarrhea, gut issues... And I guess at the core of everyone that I see, I think we can address this really simply. We always start with a real simple basis, which Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, that's all that's needed. And that addresses 80 to 90% of what's going on. I mean, I I always take a three-pronged approach. So looking at, at their diet, looking at their lifestyle, and then supplementation if necessary. 
so yeah, I mean, around their diet, it's always going back to a whole foods approach, um, looking at food, how it was provided to us on this earth in its most natural form. Mm. And then looking at, I, mean, I guess taking one step, sort of another layer up from there is looking at what combinations of foods are you having. So you're having just carbohydrates all the time or you're having just fats all the time, but actually looking at having a variety of foods so that we can stabilize our blood sugar levels, so that we can feed all the different microbes in our gut. And so that, you know, literally every metabolic pathway in our body is, is fueled by nutrients. Mm. So I think the more variety we can get and the better quality food we can, we can eat so that we can therefore like maximize on every single bite we're eating so that we can fuel all of our cells. So for many people, when they just make that simple step, all of a sudden they're like, wow, I can wake up and get out of bed and go, or I'm sleeping through the night, or I've got energy, or my period is 100 times better. So I mean, that's, that's, that's dietary of whole foods. And then I always, in terms of their lifestyle, I think for, for majority of people, stress comes into play in one form or another. Mm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, typically people just think of stress as financial stress or work stress, children's stress, you know, just like all those classic stresses. Mm. But I like to tell people that we, our bodies perceive stress the same no matter where it's coming from. So whether it's way too much exercise, doing F45 every single morning, or not enough exercise, or it's you're eating foods that your body doesn't like and is actually having a, an immune reaction to, mm. or you're not sleeping enough. So all these sorts of things that raise our cortisol levels, um, which is a stress hormone, and then there's just a, a waterfall of effects from there. Yeah, so that's that's stress is always a really key area I hone in on, and there's so, so many tactics to minimise it. And then if you were going to go for one supplement or one nutrient that people were missing out on, mm. what would it be? Oh, it's a big question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Throw that one out of the yeah, blue. Man, I... Zinc and magnesium. Yeah. I'm going to go for two. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. in one capsule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. key. I mean, magnesium just for the the calming effect it has on the body. So it increases, helps to produce the neurotransmitter GABA, which is your calming neurotransmitter. So it's like calms the nervous system, gets people to sleep. For energy levels, yeah, for so many different things. For blood sugar levels, loads of things. So magnesium and zinc. And I mean, for both of them, we know that they're quite low in our soils. Mm. Yeah, zinc for... a truckloads of things from the immune system to skin health to particularly for women's hormones you know for myself I know I know when I haven't been taking zinc my skin will be worse so my period will be a lot more problematic yeah around the immune system which is obviously very topical at the moment with yeah. COVID yeah zinc's huge cool that's it so you were just telling me before around some Alzheimer's mm. research that you've been involved with mm. And the research has been published now. Do you want to tell us yes. about that study and what they found? Yeah, cool. It's um, yeah, super exciting. I, I at uni I studied nutrition and neuroscience, and I always remember thinking, oh, I wonder if you know, I wonder if nutrition has any effect on the brain. And thinking like back then, that was sort of such an out there thought. But then to have the opportunity to be involved in this was awesome. So. Yeah, so the research was so it's based at Waikato University, and neurologist Matthew Phillips was running it. And it's I guess the the basics of it is is that when someone has Alzheimer's, their glucose metabolism is impaired. They have eighty to ninety percent less insulin receptors in the brain. For those people who don't know, insulin is is what lets glucose so our 
fuel into cells. So for these people, they have 80 to 90% less insulin receptors, so they can't get glucose into the brain, which is one of, you know, there's many reasons why Alzheimer's is caused. It's multifactorial, but one of the key reasons that we're seeing more and more is that this, this glucose metabolism is impaired. Alzheimer's is also termed type 3 diabetes. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, so insulin resistance in the brain. Flowing on from that was the thought that, well, we have a, a second way of getting fuel through fats. You know, the body can use glucose or fats for fuel. So the idea was, and there had been, you know, some preliminary research done around the world before. But if we can get people into ketosis so that their metabolism is now based around burning fats for fuel as opposed to glucose or carbohydrates for fuel, that the brain cells, um, the neurons in the brain will have fuel to process and to think and all those sorts of things. It was a randomised control study crossover, so there was it was a pretty small pool, just because it's hard to... We, firstly, there's not... Well, there is actually heaps of... There's 50 million people with Alzheimer's around the world. <laughs> not that many of them in New Zealand, maybe. Yeah, not, not heaps in New Zealand, and people, I guess, at that age group who are willing to, you know, be a part of a dietary study. And change your diet at that age yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had 28 people, and then they got randomised into either a ketogenic diet or a healthy eating guidelines of New Zealand which is pretty low low fat mm. and a lot of sort of bread and pasta and grains which is obviously very carbohydrate dense which we know for these people with Alzheimer's they just can't utilize the fuel mm. the, the good thing about the study is that all the participants did both legs so they mm. did 12 weeks in a ketogenic diet and there was a 10 week washout period then 12 weeks in the other diet that's good that's quite a long time as well sometimes they don't mm. go for as long as 12 weeks mm. it was yeah quite a long time and so they were monitoring their ketones and glucose levels every day. Overall, they maintained ketosis throughout the 12-week period. And so in terms of results, there was three key markers we were looking at. So one, it's called ACE. It's um, just a measure of cognition. And then one was looking at quality of life. And then one was looking at like their, their daily function of doing activities. All three improved. But then we want to actually look at statistical significance. (laughs) Cognition improved, but not statistically. Ah. And then the other two, the quality of life and daily functions, they both improved significantly. Ah, cool. Which for many people, that's the key thing. You know, they get, they just become so frustrated. They can't cook. They can't remember how to, you know, recipes. They just, everything becomes quite a struggle. So for these people, their quality of life in only 12. Weeks. Yeah, and the thing is, with the cognition, that might just take a bit longer. Yeah, exactly. And we are interested because the second twelve-week period happened. COVID was amongst mm. all of that, so it was a year ago now. And so a lot of the people found that really tricky. Obviously, having to shop for themselves. You know, there's more elderly people lining up at supermarkets, so they found it tricky. So we do wonder if that was quite a big of a, a stress to these people that may have affected the cognition. But the good thing is for now, it was improving. It's just not, it doesn't have statistical significance yet, which perhaps if we did it for six months mm. or a longer period of time, that might, may have been achieved. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So yeah, really cool, really exciting. Possibly there'll be other ones in New Zealand or in other pockets around the world that are carried out with bigger samples of people. Mm. Epic. Because there's going to be some benefits for people using ketone or like being able to use ketones as a fuel as Mm. well as glucose even if you don't have alzheimer's oh totally and i think what i think is that people everyone should be metabolically flexible so that we can really easily go from glucose metabolism to a ketone metabolism and i mean it's a survival mechanism that we have both and babies are often in ketosis Mm. when they're born which is why a lot of babies when they you know they get fed their first food is often like mashed rice or 
bananas or really carbohydrate dense food which suddenly their body's like how do i carbs yeah I eczema or skin issues you anyway, know i digress <laughs> side note yeah that's yeah, interesting yeah. ketones yes yeah, so using a ketone for energy in a cell compared to some glucose it's, it's more energy efficient to use mm. the ketones it also there's a lot of inflammation of actually getting a glucose molecule into a cell there's oxidation which is basically just inflammation so for many people and actually the people in the study and a lot of like my personal clients I work with if we put them into ketosis they'll suddenly notice oh wow I don't have all this inflammation you know I don't have aches and pains in my joints even though maybe I have arthritis or any sort of inflammation or pain is is, tends to be reduced yeah and I guess for these these people as well particularly in the study they we, we looked at cardiovascular markers in terms of liver function cholesterol panels and their HbA1c which is mm. just a marker of blood sugar levels and they all improved as well on the ketogenic diet which I guess the general population would think oh a ketogenic diet it's just all fat 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 and it's gonna raise my cholesterol levels yeah but that's just the under the, the understanding is not there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah how long do you think it's gonna take the government to catch up with <laughs> good question yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we do have some amazing people in, you know, in New Zealand who are fighting for these sorts of things and who are battling. I think it just takes a bit of time. And what I guess we can take encouragement from what we started this topic with is that these can be some super simple changes that anyone, no matter what age, race, socioeconomic status, they can make some of these simple changes. And yeah. Everything can just be accessed from the supermarket. I mean, some of these people in the study were pensioners. They weren't given money for their food or anything. It was just they just had to you know alter what they were doing so Mm. i mean even for people just moving from white rice to brown rice Mm. or moving from vegetable oil to olive oil or coconut Mm. oil you know making really simple changes can make a huge difference yeah yeah and not to say that ketosis is for everyone or that it should be a long-term thing but as i said we should be metabolically flexible so that our bodies can easily utilize both really well yeah, and I mean, the other thing around Alzheimer's is that when you're in ketosis and producing ketones, it increases something called your brain-derived nootropic factor, which is just like a, a, a key factor in your brain for the general health of your brain. So not only for Alzheimer's, but for other... Prior to this study, there was a similar study done in Parkinson's disease, mm. which showed significant improvements in, in a lot of the markers of Parkinson's disease. So it's pretty exciting research and actually when you look at cultures around the world a lot of them were probably in ketosis for periods of the time just because they only you know they use what was seasonal to them so they maybe for a couple of months or maybe six months who knows of the year they only had say some leafy greens some meat and some fat maybe some blubber from an animal yeah so it was normal for us to be in ketosis whereas now we don't eat seasonally we can get apples every single day of the year <laughs> it's different. We just have so much more access to mm. all of the types of food mm. all year round, mm. whereas that wasn't what it was like. No, and I'd say like you know, even in New Zealand, we're going into autumn, and there's loads of like pears and apples and delicious stone fruit. Well, I guess summer autumn, and maybe traditional cultures would have ate, eaten those things, which are you know higher in carbohydrates and fructose and those sugars. But possibly for them, they might have put on a bit of weight from that, but they were going into a winter season, which mm. was a famine season. Mm. So they would go from famine to feast, whereas we tend to just be feast <laughs> all the time. And these traditional cultures also, you know, they didn't have fridges or freezers, so they would ferment their foods. Yeah. Which, 
I'm big into fermentation, yeah. as you know, as we just enjoyed some kimchi. <laughs> some lovely kimchi that Grace made herself, actually, which was which was delicious. Mm. But that sort of takes us into something else that you're passionate about, which is these blue zones, mm. who, which are, well, maybe you can explain, Grace, mm. what, what are the blue zones and why are mm. they interesting? Yeah, cool. So blue zones, there's five key areas around the world where people have lived for the longest in good quality health. So they've, they've got a good lifespan or health span in terms of healthy years. So one of them is Okinawa in Japan. It's mm. a small island in Japan or Sardinia in Italy. So they're just like quite small pockets around the world. And slightly isolated probably as well? Yeah, often quite isolated. Yeah. But interestingly, of all of these, the blue zones, um, there's I think it's, yeah, it's nine key factors that they all share, which are really simple factors. So... One of them that often gets people is that none of them exercise, but they, they just live in a way that exercise is probably incidental for them. So maybe they, they do their own gardens or they walk everywhere or they've all got physical jobs. But, you know, none of them are out pumping weights or... <laughs> doing high-intensity oh, stuff. I know, doing high... You know, yeah, all this high-intensity... Crossfit. Crossfit, jump lunges. Really? I'm partial to a jump lunge. Even there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're good for warming you up if you're a bit cold. That's yeah, literally are. the only time I would do that. That is, get out of bed and do a few press ups yeah. to warm up. <laughs> but yeah, so again, I mean, around diet, they all eat whole foods, mm. seasonal foods. They all have purpose of some sort. Most of them have some sort of faith or religion. Mm. What else is there? They all, this is quite an interesting one that a lot of people probably enjoy. They all have some sort of alcoholic beverage that's traditional to their region. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's probably going to be organic and not as alcohol dense as, as, as what and we know. And not as processed it. either. Not as processed, none of the chemicals. Yeah, they prioritise sleep. They, yeah, just sort of holistically, they look at their mm. whole health. But as we mentioned earlier, it's, they don't even know it. It's just their way of life and being that's probably been passed down for generations. Yeah. I wonder if the alcoholic beverage has something to do with, like, the relaxation. That's mm. a big part of their culture as well. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Just that act of just slowing down which is so key to slow the nervous system down mm. instead mm. of being 100 miles an hour yeah all the time and i think our type of relaxation is like we want to get like a whole year's worth of relaxation into mm. one week and yes. we, we overdo it almost or we overdo the alcohol we overdo something yeah, you know yeah. but we can't compensate so anyway from from what i know it's like the relaxation is really just part of life they don't push themselves every day they have mm, they have a system exactly yeah rest every day that's yeah good I'm guilty of that. You know, you sort of like, yeah, work hard, play hard, go real hard all week. And, and then, then save on, for the holidays, save yeah, for, for the weekend. Yeah, for the holidays for one week. And then by the end of the week, you probably don't even end up relaxing just because you're like, now it's my time off. I want to go tramping and do all these things. Mm. So, yeah, slowing down is, is a big thing. I'm learning that and I'm mm. trying to pass it on to my clients too. Slowing down is one of the things that is probably the hardest thing to do, really, mm. but one of the most important things. Mm. Um, I can I put a question to you? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sure, sure, go ahead. You're on the you're on the road at the moment. Yes. Have you been able to slow down? Because obviously you don't have a schedule to stick to. You know, you, you can get up when you want, you can do what you want, or has it been busy? No, we've definitely slowed down. Absolutely. Mm. I mean, almost in a way we kind of had to, and COVID was almost like a good practice run, because mm. mm, you, you were very limited with what we could do during COVID. I felt like COVID really forced mm. me to slow down in mm. a good way. I agree. And then... Once I realized that I didn't need to fill my day back mm. to back to back to back to have a feeling of achievement mm. Mm. or all those other things that you get when you fill your day or when mm. you're busy, I sort of, it was more like just allowing yourself permission to not do something for a whole mm. entire day. I'm much more gentle on myself. 
I don't even care that we don't get up till 9am yeah, every yeah. morning at the moment. And we do like quite a lot of activities, but we still have days where we mm. don't do much at all. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Lockdown was almost like a training ground for a lot of people to be like, it's okay just to cruise and mm. get up late. It was lovely. One of the things I thought for me is it made me realise how little I need mm. to feel content. Mm. You know, like I don't need to be booked back to back Mm. with calls or coffees or Mm. Mm. you know those things that you just fill your time with and once you become aware of it then you can sort of catch yourself because it's easy to still be like we've only got one night of activities planned this week yeah i know that's great yeah i know exactly like you've got to enjoy it so speaking of slowing down what Mm. is a practice or an activity or anything that you do grace that helps you slow down helps you connect to yourself if you're feeling a little bit scattered or Mm. a little bit in your head Definitely a few things. Yeah, firstly, if I, maybe it probably takes me a while to be like, oh my goodness, I'm scattered and stressed and my mind's all over the show. But when I do, yeah, breathe. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I think I've probably learned that more so the last year is just the beauty and the power of breath and controlling your breath. And then, I mean, I guess my brain's kind of sciencey, so then I just think, wow, that literally changes my nervous system in a few breaths to the rest and digest nervous system yeah I breathe just really slow down and just watch my breath and breathe which also just allows your whole system to sort of relax and calm down so yeah that's definitely one thing just being in the outdoors for me is huge so often I'll just if I'm busy at work and all scattered and sort of can't get my mind in one place I'll just stop go for a walk and I'll just go out and I'm probably try and breathe and Mm. just walk and be in the nature yeah those are probably a couple of good things oh yeah and I guess another thing that I often do maybe when I'm more like something big happens or actually this is a good example when I first started my own business Mm. that first year was a bit stressful I mean not stressful I wouldn't say I'm a hugely stressful person but it was just a lot of figuring out to do and processing and learning learning and you know I wasn't trained how to start a business I just you know figured it out but anyway so often I'd have little freak out moments but I'd always say to myself Grace what is the worst that could happen I guess I just think pragmatically literally what is the worst that could happen well this all goes to flop and I have to move from the mount where I was living and move home to my parents and live there for a while to sort myself out and then I'd be like oh that's not a bad you know that wouldn't be a bad outcome yeah so I now use that phrase in many situations if it's just I'm just like Grace what is the worst that could happen and when you literally think it out it's it's never that bad Mm, that's good (laughs) because our mind can really go to like all these different scenarios yeah but really the truth of the matter is that nobody's gonna let anything really bad happen to you you've got family you've got friends you've got people around you yeah yeah and it's just sort of a matter of not ruminating on it but sort of like catching the thought straight Mm. away and not letting it take a hold yeah and exactly I mean in terms of family and friends you sort of have to practice gratitude or thankfulness in the moment being like actually I have trapped loads of things to be thankful for Mm. this little thing that I'm worried about or nervous about is falls into insignificance when you think about all of that Mm. Yeah, so breath and what is the worst that could happen? <laughs> That's good. That's very practical. Uh, yeah. Cool. Of course, the name of the podcast is Authentic Connection. And mm. so is there something that you do with other people that ha- helps you sort of really connect to other people authentically? We Small talk is an easy thing to fall mm. into sometimes. Is there is there a way that you... Mm. Yeah, I think a couple ways. Like my love language is... Well, maybe I, re- I sort of receive it and give it differently, mm. but... I'm definitely a touch person. Like, I love just embracing people and touching them. 
and then I'll acts of service so I like doing things for people whether it's cooking for people or writing mm. them a letter or doing things like that but then I think the main thing probably is just listening yeah which I'm trying to get better and better at in terms of and also that's actually learning to be okay with some silence and just <laughs> embracing the silence yeah which I find for with friends family or even clients is so helpful because maybe a while ago I just you know didn't like that silence and just mm. like to keep chatting and talking but now I find that the more I just be and just sit and listen to them particularly with clients all of a sudden they'll just let it all out just because yeah. they're sort of waiting for that opportunity you've got to give them the space sometimes we're so like ready to ask the next question mm. or ready to make a comment or something and it's like if you just wait there might be something more mm. yeah so yeah I think listening is huge and actually really really listening asking constructive questions mm. and just just being selfless I guess mm. to show that you actually actually genuinely care and yeah love the person mm. 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 Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. so nice touch is a lovely one because it also gets that person out of their head a little bit into yes. their body so yeah. you can like hopefully help them relax and then that yeah. lasts a better connection maybe bring them back to the moment yeah yeah I mean there's so many things the more I think about it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah those are good ones but yeah, so. those, yeah those are key ones and then my third question around connection is getting out and really connecting with the earth. Mm. How, how do you do that? I know you mentioned walks before. Is there another mm. way that you like mm. to connect or is that the mm. main one? Yeah, I mean, definitely I just like the outdoors in general. So just being outside, having bare feet on. I'm, I'm a water baby, so I love any sort of form of water, whether it's walking in the rain or swimming or, mm. yeah, whatever it is. What else do I like? You're, I guess like cooking and gardening. Like I love food and it's just the whole process of it almost. Yeah. almost just like actually respecting the earth and like I'm a believer in God so I'm like he he created all of this for us and he's providing for us and yeah. yeah so the more I can look after this earth the closer I'll be to God or the more I'll understand him and know mm. him and then I guess it goes the other way the more I know God and feel close to him then I'll feel connected to the earth mm. or God mm. yeah so I think for me just actually immersing myself in it and just sort of living in the earth with mm. the earth yeah gardening using food using good quality food knowing mm. where I've gotten it from mm. I'm always surprised when people I don't know aren't into sort of outdoors activities I mean that's fine I guess if they're into just indoor things but I just think we have been placed on this most amazing beautiful earth that why why wouldn't you want to explore mm. it and go at the extra mile to like search out all of these amazing little spots yeah may not be here forever <laughs> I know and uh, yeah and the cities the you know cities have a purpose but mm. I think we are designed to be out in the mm. wilderness more than mm. in cities mm. and it can almost um, mirror your state of mind you know mm. if I'm in a city and there's traffic and cars and horns straight away I'm like I can feel myself tensing up and then you get to open fields and you can quiet hear, yeah yeah and what you can hear is just natural you know birds and water and that's about it probably yeah exactly like hopefully not too <laughs> yeah. much more not too much more yeah so that's just calming mm. and you know um, it's not um, realistic for everyone to always be in that space but I think prioritising it is, mm. is pretty key and there's always a park somewhere or just touching grass and lying mm. in grass is, mm. does a world of wonder or indoor plants you know if you really yes. have and live in an apartment like this there are ways the last question is actually around because you're in a long-term romantic mm-hmm. relationship with mm-hmm. Connor you're mm-hmm 
darling husband. Mm-hmm. And am. I want to know a little bit about the way that he has helped you evolve or change mm-hmm. or how he improves you in some way. Mm-hmm. Not that you need to improve, yeah, yeah, yeah. but how, how mm-hmm. do you work together? I'm open to be improved. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be improved. Yeah. Good question. He's going to love this if he listens to this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, loads of things. I would say we are both very similar, but also have quite different characteristics. One of them that I can like very clearly think of, which I think has grown me well and is, yeah, I guess as you say, sort of improved me or you know mm. made me the better me, is he. Well, I, I can distinctly remember we were doing long distance for a while, and I I was in Auckland and I probably wasn't loving it and you know didn't like doing long distance in the big city and everything and I'd probably often sort of moan about that to him and he said to me he said. I don't want to hear any more moaning unless you're going to do something about it. <laughs> and that's just one example, but in lots of things, he almost just doesn't even let me complain. Yeah. And he's like, he's happy to hear it, you know, once or twice, but he's like, there's no point you ruminating over it and whinging about it because it's just going to get worse. So just do something about it. Otherwise, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one, yeah, I mean, that's, it, yeah, that relates to loads of different situations. Totally. Yeah. And in which I think initially I was like, <gasps> And felt very it's a little bit confronting. It was a bit confronting, but the, the more I thought about it, I thought that's so true. What's and it comes back to the whole, you know, the whole stress thing. What's the point in thinking over it? You know, either just don't think about it, or actually just think constructively about it. And what am I going to do about this? Mm. Yes, yeah, so that's very good. And he's definitely much more of a. I don't know if this is just a male nature, but he's just a lot more chilled and relaxed about things, which brings me back to earth he sees the fun in everything he's very fun in whatever situation he just brings a lot of joy and and he doesn't take anything too seriously which I like so it's always sort of an air of joy Mm. I guess which is really good those are some pretty cool characteristics in a a life partner though yeah yeah no we have a lot of fun and I think he he's probably quite oh he can just read me like a book which is so annoying (laughs) Because in any situation, think, am I really that obvious? Yeah, like, I know, I know. So yeah, in terms of he just knows me so well that he he is good at maybe he's just good at listening, which is mm. I guess teaches me also how to listen and how to you know like know other people's love languages or how they feel loved and give it to him. So whether it's him saying really nice words or just mm. doing something small, mm. he's good at that. Which makes me think you need to know, you need to really know people so that you know how they receive love and. Mm what makes them feel uplifted mm. 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 Cool. <laughs> yeah. so kimchi is one of grace's favorite fermented foods which yes, is beneficial is. for your gut microbiome we want mm. all those good beneficial microbes do you want to just quickly talk us through a little bit about like mm. if somebody was gonna like oh gosh what's kimchi mm. and mm. how is it made mm. and yeah. we'll also link to the recipe so people can see it written yeah down. totally and first it's a traditional korean food so mm. I guess I got onto it through a very good friend of mine, Helen, who's from Korea, and her mum makes amazing kimchi. So anyway, I sort of got onto it and then just fell in love with it. But you, to make kimchi, you need quite specific vegetables. So there's a napa cabbage and a daikon, like two key vegetables, which you can get from most some supermarkets, most like Asian supermarkets. So basically, you chop those up, soak some of them in salt. And then you other vegetables you add, you add some carrot, spring onions, they're kind of the key ones. Mm. And then you make a paste. So with, it usually has like, like about 40 garlic cloves, <laughs> truckloads of ginger. And the really key ingredient is something called gochugaru. You may have pronounced it wrong. But it's, it's like a red pepper powder, but it's quite key to get the right 
powder from again an Asian food store. So you mix that together and you you add some form of sugar. So it might just be normal sugar or it could be say pear, mm. but it's really important to have the sugar component because that's actually what the bacteria feed off. Oh, fish sauce, tamari, that's about it. So then you mix that paste through all of the vegetables and then pop it in a jar and make sure there's no air in there and over time it will start fermenting. Cool. Yeah, we had some this morning and it was delicious. Yeah, it's spicy. Nice. But it's good. Yeah, it's really good. And I think it's so good to have just little things like that in the cupboard so that will fridge, that at any moment you can make an easy meal. Do you generally say fermented food with every meal? Or nah, I mean, I, I, I say to people, yeah, have it maybe twice a day. Some people can overdo it and just do way too much and it actually upsets their stuff, yeah. stomach and they'll start getting symptoms. Yeah, you, I might have kimchi and some kombucha or some yogurt a couple times a day. Cool. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thank you very much. Grace, that was incredible to chat to you, and I learned something, so I hope <laughs> our listeners have learned something. It was yeah. really, really cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. <laughs> and that's the end, guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. I really, really appreciate your time and your attention. If you are interested in maybe chatting to Grace about your health and about food and nutrition, please head to her website, which will be in the show notes, and you can book in directly through the website. Otherwise, feel free to chat to her. On Instagram, you can find her. She is at Grace underscore Mortimer. That'll be the best way to reach out and maybe ask some questions if you're interested in touching base with her. Um, If you're not already following me on Instagram, I am at Wild wellness by laura that's where i'll be sharing all updates around the authentic connection podcast as well as some of my info and content on nutrition and yoga so please check me out there and uh, in the meantime please yeah tell your friends about this podcast if you really like it or any specific episodes you want to share i would love for more people to be able to listen to the incredible wisdom of the humans that we have here in aotearoa I love sharing this podcast and I love sharing people's stories and I want as many people to experience it as possible. And going along with that, of course, if you've got anything that you would like to share that might help me improve the podcast, improve its accessibility, improve what we're all about, or any suggestions for guests, please reach out. The best way to find me will be at my Instagram, which I mentioned before. It's at wildwellness underscore by Laura. Uh, It should be easy to find. And uh, that's me. Thank you so much again. And I'll talk to you all very soon. Bye.